Hello and welcome to this week's podcast. I'm excited to have you. This podcast was brought about uh, because of a post that I saw on Facebook last night. And uh, fair warning, I get a little bit ranty uh, uh, because I just feel like we need to have some serious discussion and some hard discussion and we need to really look at how we are as family daycare educators. So many of us want to be seen as professional. So many of us get frustrated when we are not looked at as professional. And then we see things within our profession that we really need to educate people on. And the standard we walk past is the standard we become. So I really want educators to take this as an opportunity to look at where you sit on the scale. And if you feel like you don't know things or you're confused about things, you're the only person that can change that. You have to actively be looking for the information that you need to make things clear and to make sure that you understand them. Only you can do that. So this is my gentle, loving reminder when sometimes a good coach will kick your butt and that's what maybe some of you will feel when you listen to this podcast. Um, it is said from a place of basically get your shit together. Oh my goodness, potty mouth Victoria has come out for the last couple of weeks. Uh, not really, but more than I ever had before. Um, so please, that's the only time I swear in this one. Uh, so yeah, anyway, it's basically get your shit together. Like we've just got to get it together. We, If you want to be seen professionally, you have to behave professionally. If you want to be seen as a professional, you have to do the work. And we've got a long way to go to raising our standard within our community, within Australia. And the only way we do that is if we get better. And the only way we can get better is if we sometimes go back to basics and look at the things that we're responsible for looking at and change the things that we're responsible for changing. Uh, so, yeah, I'm really keen to hear what you think. Um that post made me feel physically angry and I haven't had that sensation for a very long time. So, and it's no shade on the anonymous poster either. I really want to be clear about that. It's an opportunity that, and it was a fabulous conversation. It was such a great conversation. Um, and just to be really clear too, because there's a lot of people that will go, I don't want to pay to get my stuff tested and tagged. I'll just go and get new stuff every six months. But well, you can't do that. It's actually got to be commissioned. So before it comes onto the floor to be used as a usable life-saving product, it needs to be tested and tagged and commissioned. How many times have you bought something from the shops and you've got home and it doesn't work because it's faulty? This is exactly the same, except the consequences for this equipment not working are dire. So it's a business expense. It's one of those things that just has to be done, suck it up, deal with it and get over it. Basically, it's a fire, it's fire equipment. You're not going to argue about it. Uh, you could, you could argue about it, but um, just don't because you just got to do it. It's part of the job. 
it's a business expense. All all businesses have expenses, uh, and it's not one to argue about because the one time you wish you had it is the one time you really really need. So without further ado, I'm going to palm myself off to myself and uh, talk about the podcast by myself. And you get to listen, and I'd love to hear thoughts and your feedback. All <laughs> right, we'll get into it now. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Big Hearted Podcast. My name is Victoria Edmund, and I am your host. Our aim here at the Big Hearted Podcast is to nurture a community of heart-centred educators to change the perception and delivery of early childhood education and care in Australia and ultimately around the world. We want you to be inspired by our guests and the topics we bring to you to think of new ways of being as an educator. We want you to feel a sense of belonging via this podcast so that you can engage any time of the day or night in any place that suits you. We want you to become an educator that delivers education from the heart, as we believe this is how we create great change within our world. So join us as we discover new ways to inspire each other here on the Big Hearted Podcast. Good morning. Well, it is morning. It might be afternoon for you, depending on where you're listening from and what time of day, obviously. <laughs> so welcome to today's podcast. Uh, forewarning, I am going to get a little bit ranty. <laughs> Can't help myself. I saw a post last night and I really want to address what it actually means and how we can overcome this. Now, Please, I want to get this right out there straight from the bat. I am not sending shade to the anonymous poster. We only know what we know, but when we know different, we do different and we can be better. And that's what the aim of this podcast is to be for you uh, today and me, because I need to process this stuff and I'm a verbal processor. My husband might say, I and verbal diarrhea, but I see it different. Anywho, um, our original poster, anonymous poster, posted about fire equipment and that they didn't realise or didn't know that there needed to be two pieces of equipment and that that equipment that person thought was checked annually, it's actually every six months and it is a regulation. So, I understand how things can get missed in, especially when a service starts up and say a service, this was their first week starting a family daycare scheme service. The amount of information that we have to be across, and it's not just the regs, these things come from outside of the regs as well so the fire equipment stuff comes from the building codes and like wherever it comes from but it's not just in the regs the regs don't necessarily direct you to the right place you've kind of got to uncover this information yourself so i will say that i understand how a service could miss things um it's not an excuse but I understand how it can happen. And it's the same for educators too. When you start family daycare for the very first time, 
if maybe you haven't come from a long daycare setting where these things are fairly embedded uh, or maybe forgotten or whatever it is like like I get it we're all human and it is it's just what happens but this is where personal responsibility comes into play and this is what I want to talk about today and I've talked about it before but I'll probably come at it from a different perspective today and again my aim is to keep this under 20 minutes so we've got 17 minutes to bang this out for you so here we go understanding and adhering to the regulations that was the first well the second question that I posed to the anonymous poster and that was like how did you not know that that was a requirement after reading the regs please be honest have you ever read the regs to the listener listening not the anonymous poster but to you listening have you ever read the regs you really got to be honest about that it is scary to think that there are educators who are running a family daycare business who are like you went into agreement with the government when you took CCS payment you stepped into that game if you are in a game and you don't know the rules you are a sitting duck have you read the regulations and I know they look like an overwhelming document there's so much of it you can just skip past go and read each of the regulation and if it doesn't mention family daycare or say family daycare in there there's not a specific thing that you have to follow in regards to family daycare a lot of it is around center-based care so it's not necessarily applicable to us so you can quickly scan and go oh well multiple um, ratios doesn't really apply to us we have our ratio of one to four under school and we can take an additional three children or not exceed seven under sorry over school age so if you've got four under school age you can have three after school care kids if you've got two under school age you can have five before and after school care children so that ratio is very set for us it doesn't change however the other ratios we don't need to know that because it doesn't apply to us you can skip past a lot of that stuff that doesn't apply to us and just read the regs that do apply to us because it's important you don't need to read the regs relating to the service approval because you don't have service approval if you're not the nominated supervisor you don't need to read the information about that however in saying that it is good for you to know what the nominated supervisor and approved provider are supposed to do for you or supposed to do in the service setting that is important for you to know too but not essential but the basic idea of getting you to read the regs is to get you comfortable with finding that information there are so many times when I see posts on social media where does it say that in the regs well go and look it up you have the exact same ability as sweaty Betty next door to jump onto Google and open up the regs and read that stuff yourself 
why would you go and ask the internet that tells you the earth is flat <laughs> about regulations that you are liable to follow? Like, why would you trust what someone says on a podcast? <laughs> why would you trust what anybody says when you have that power in your own hands? I don't understand. Please read the regulations. You are named in there and can be fined if you don't follow the regs. So if it comes out that your service has done everything that they possibly could to ensure that you follow the policies and follow the regulations and follow the law and you unknowingly do not do that, you are liable for the fine. So we are not mucking around with this stuff anymore. If you're a family daycare educator and you have not read the regulations, you have some homework this year and that is to read the regs. Uh, hot tip, take your son to cricket because reading the regs is way more entertaining than watching cricket. That's what I did. Okay, so the next thing that I want to talk about in regards to personal responsibility is aligning your values with your service values. So if they are chalk and cheese, what are you doing there? You are setting yourself up for um, a not enjoyable time. Can't find the word I'm looking for. But you are setting yourself up for not enjoying and, and um, disagreement and things not flowing and you're setting that up for the team as well and i know some educators are like but this is the only service in my area look around like get in touch with other services follow some different services um, i happen to know a brilliant service called rainbow bridge family daycare <laughs> that's my service um and you know we service queensland mount isa Brisbane, Gold Coast, Northern Rivers, uh, all the way down to um, Coffs Harbour. Um, we also service the Central Coast. Sorry, my puppy dog's just come back from his walk and I think he might have rolled in something stinky and he's in trouble and he's come to see me about it because, yeah, I can do something right now about it. Um, out you go, Dougal. Off you go. Off you go. Oh, he's been in the pool and he's wet and dripping. Uh, excuse that interruption to the program. Uh, so, yeah, we do Central Coast, Sydney and down south to Berry. We are in Armadale, Goulburn and down on the Victorian New South Wales border in Moama. So I'm not the only service that has a broad reach as well. I know Holistic does. I know Inspired does. Um, yeah, so there's a few services that do like a variety of environment or a variety of area. So you're definitely not stuck with just the same service that everyone else in your area is with. And that doesn't mean that you're going to get any less support. It doesn't mean that you're going to be any less able to find families and things like that. This is all about personal responsibility because if you are wilting in the current service you're in, and you, you feel stuck and you, you feel like they're not letting you put your fees where you want them to be. They're not allowing you certain freedoms that you want to have. They're not letting you go on excursions and all that sort of stuff. And a lot of that is for valid reasons. I am not bagging any service at all. 
But if that doesn't align with you, move. Move yourself. Find somewhere that does align with you and get yourself there because then when you start to flourish again, that energy is going to bring people in. You're going to love what you do again. You're going to enjoy what it is that you have set out and, and invested in, in setting up a family daycare in your own home. You don't have to be in an unhappy relationship at the end of the day. It just requires you to move. So finding a service that aligns with your philosophy and your values is so important. And that is part of personal responsibility. It's, it's just part of it. You've got to enjoy what you do and you've got to feel supported by your team. And you've actually also got to contribute to your team too. If you're just a take, 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 take person and you don't contribute, there's an unfair exchange of energy within that. So taking part, like, like being responsible, personally responsible means like adding value to the community you belong to. And it doesn't have to be all the time, but that definitely should be something that you consider. And if you're a shy person, maybe you might share really great articles or, or topics of interest into your um, service social media page. You know, they might have an educator hub. If you don't want to talk, share articles, share resources, all those sorts of things. There's so many, there's a, such a variety of ways to contribute to community. Um, it doesn't always have to be by being, you know, vocal personally. You can do other things, but you must, you must contribute to your community too. Okay, so aligning with a service that shares your values um, and continuous professional development. I cannot stress enough if we in early childhood education are role models who are worthy of imitation, the children are constantly learning. We need to be constantly learning too. So taking personal responsibility and not being stagnant. We've all met those educators who are just so stuck in one way of doing things that it's it's actually detrimental and negative and you don't actually want to be around them whereas educators who go and learn new things and push their understanding and push the the limits of their awareness they are fabulous educators because they can then identify with the children when the children are experiencing those those troubles i can't tie my shoelaces well yeah you can We've just got to find the way that works for you. And it's the same with us as educators. We've just got to find the way that works for us. We've got to find the way that being pushed and questioned and challenged is a positive and keeps us fresh, keeps us engaged, keeps us bringing new ideas for the children. So that's your responsibility to do that. And if you can't afford to do professional development, you need to look at your budget. If you haven't looked at your budget and you don't look at your profitability, that is a big area and would be the very first professional development that I suggest you go and do. Um, I do have a course for that. If anybody is interested, it is the Profitable FDC. It's $49 and it will save you thousands through the year. Uh, and beyond and it will teach you how to put aside for tax super annual leave sick leave all those things so that you get paid time off so this is around pro 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 
<laughs> Professional development doesn't just have to be around early years education. You might be a person that has a, a big hefty woo-woo side like I do. And you might go, you know what, I want to go and do a Reiki course because then I would like to be able to do Reiki within my space with the children. Great, go and do a Reiki course. That's a professional development. You're going to bring that back into your service. You might want to go and do um, gardening. You might want to do cooking. You might want to learn how to braid children's hair. So you might go and ask a hairdresser to show you how to do that. Whatever, like whatever you anything. You could just do so many things and bring that level of new learning and excitement for something. And the children deserve to see important figures in their lives excited about learning new things because that tells them that, oh, actually learning is exciting and I can learn and do new things too. Um, so effective communication with families too, that's on you. <laughs> like you've got to set the boundaries. You've got to set and teach your parents how they communicate with you. Don't like getting texts at 10.30 at night and feel like you have to respond to every single one of them. Mm -mm. You are responsible for that. You are responsible for saying to your families, oh, I noticed that you sent me a text at 10.30 at night. Just letting you know that I only answer texts within my opening hours, which are 7 till 5. Um, text outside of that maybe a half an hour either side because someone's forgotten their, their cuddly toy or whatever. Uh, you know, but please don't expect me to answer outside of my work hours. Um, I will answer as soon as I possibly can. Definitely not at 1030 at night. Thanks. You know, that's that's up to you. Totally, wholly and solely is your responsibility for ensuring parents understand. If you're an educator that still collects fees, that's up to you to tell your families what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. You have the power. This is your business. You set the rules. It is completely up to you. If you have a family that's constantly late, I'm going to say the problem isn't necessarily them. The problem is you because you're allowing it. And if you find it difficult to have those conversations, ask your service to become involved. They may not want to because if they're not collecting fees, then they're not collecting fees. That's on you. If that doesn't work for you anymore, move yourself to where it does work for you. You have the power and you have the responsibility. You have the opportunities to set yourself up a parent handbook, really deeply think about how you want your service to run the boundaries and the parameters in which you want your service to run and be clear about it and communicate that clearly to your families. Anytime there is an issue in relationships, it comes down to communication. Pretty much anytime, almost anytime, more often than not. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? You can see it between children. It's a communication issue. So and so can't say they don't want them to do that. So the other person continually does it. And the person who doesn't want them to do it gets annoyed and frustrated and cries, has a meltdown. Because they couldn't express themselves. We're just that in adult form. So that effective communication with families, it's not your service's responsibility. Yeah, they may support you, 
But what happens on the daily is between you and the family because they're there, you're there morning and afternoon having those conversations. So yes, your service may step in at times. I've stepped in at times for my educators, but you guys are having those face-to-face conversations. The service is more often than not a voice at the end of the line, whether it be a phone or email. You are having those personable relationships with families. So if things aren't working so well, I'm going to say that it's you that has to take responsibility for that. And uh, yeah, there's a whole lot of information that we can go in about that too. Um, The other last part of the puzzle, and I'm keeping to time. Oh, I've got one minute. Whoops. Uh, Self-reflection and evaluation. It's up to you to reflect on all of these things. It's up to you to really be honest and have that conversation with yourself. Did I suck in that process? Uh, Yep. Yep. I didn't feel comfortable. And when I'm saying this, it's not to judge yourself, but just be real and honest with yourself. Because if you can't be real and honest with yourself, there's no way you're going to be real and honest with your families, with communication and things like that right? So we've really got to look at these. We've really got to look at it. And I come back to this analysis of coals. If you're in at coals at 8.45, there is someone coming around saying to you, oh, you've got 15 minutes before the store closes. And they expect that no, you're not going to go and finish every flippant aisle. They expect that you're going to get your stuff and get out so that they can close their doors at nine o'clock. If you rock up at 8.55, are all the doors open and welcoming? No, there's probably one door left open and that's to stem the flow. They do not feel bad about closing the doors at five to nine and telling you to rack off. You're not coming in. There's not enough time before we close. So it's the same thing with you. If they don't have a problem with that and do you push Do you question? Do you argue? Do you then send an email to their head office and go, your Narang store did not let me in at five to nine. The head office is going to go, yes, that's correct procedure. We've advised our store not to let patrons in at 8.55 p.m. because the store closes at nine. We value our team's time and want them to finish at their allotted shift time. That's what they'll say to you. And they don't feel bad for it. Why should they? Because that's the rules. That's the boundaries that they've set. So we need to take this on in our own businesses and not feel bad. How someone else feels is their business, not yours. If you are clear in your communication, clear in your expectations for self, clear in your own reflections and evaluations of your own conduct and your own boundaries, there shouldn't be a question. There does not need to be a question. If somebody has a problem with a boundary that you have set, that is their problem and not yours. If you are questioning your boundaries, you are not clear enough on them. You need to take the responsibility, the reflective questions, evaluation and analysis of your own issues surrounding an inability to hold a boundary and address that. And that takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of courage, but it is all doable. 
it is completely all doable. So I want to just circle back to the continuous professional development too, because I put a post up. Now I'm three minutes over. Sorry, folks. I put a post up last week asking if you had a magic pill. <laughs> what would you take to just make your life so much easier? It was astounding the amount of people that said they wished they could get their programming done in 20 minutes a day. Uh, wished they could toilet train immediately, which is a big one. And the illness, picking up illness at the door and being able to say, no, no, nay, nay, not today, friend. Uh, I can see that snotty nose and those glassy eyes from here. We will not be playing and sending home. <laughs> uh, the other one was the three day work week that paid full time. Uh, so I can actually help you with a lot of that, like all of it. Uh, and the first one that I want to share with you is the seasonal planning. This is the biggest part. Planning your next 12 weeks in advance is like this massive weight and burden off. And I know there's so many educators that go, but you can't run a child-led program 12 weeks in advance. It's not child-led, blah, 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 blah. You've never done my 12-week planning and you don't understand how it works. So how it works is you use the milestone checklist and you set individual goals for the children. Your intentional teaching is based on the individual goals that you have for the children. We know what they are because we're working forwards, not backwards. We're working with preempting. We are working with having intentions and goals for children because we know where they're at because we've observed them already rather than looking back and doing observations based on things that have happened. We are promoting things to happen and children get the best out of that because we can see, we know what's coming up for children. When we sit back and we really deeply observe, we know what's coming up for children and we can see what they're working towards intrinsically and organically. And then we can facilitate more of that to happen, right? But if you don't preempt things, you're always looking at the past and evaluating what's already happening rather than having a plan to move forward. So this is what I teach you to do in the 12 week planning. Not only that, but it helps you with your budget so that you've got the things you need to be able to do the things you do. And it teaches you how to do less, right? So once you've invested that one three hour block and it happens to be on Saturday, the 3rd of February, 9am Queensland time, once you've done that three hour block, the rest of your planning for the rest of that next 12 week season will take you a maximum of 20 minutes a day. I guarantee it if you stick to the plan. So if you're interested in that, and I know there's going to be a whole lot of you who are, you can simply go to bigheartededucation.com forward slash autumn dash planning dash 2024 and that will take you to the page where you can read all about the autumn planning and register to join us on the 20 sorry <laughs> on the 3rd of february 2024 uh, where we gather there's a whole group of educators that come from around australia it's amazing all our wa friends get up super early uh because it's like i don't know 7 a.m over there 
So uh, some of them rock up in their pyjamas, some of them are a bit more organised and um, take themselves out for a beautiful CEO breakfast, which I highly recommend. And that looks like you going to your favourite cafe, finding a little corner, taking your laptop, taking your pieces of paper, the bits and pieces that you get when you register, uh, your earpods, ordering your favourite breakfast, your biggest drink of choice, bourbon not really the go at nine o'clock in the morning but you might finish your day with one um <laughs> order your favorite drink and put your airpods in yeah headphones on and join in with our session and it's a fabulous time because there's no children interrupting you you get to really treat yourself and feel like you're doing something good and you can write it off on tax. Woohoo! So feel free to join us. Uh, that page again is www.bigheartededucation.com forward slash autumn dash planning dash 2024. And I hope to see you there. Have yourselves the most magical day and I will see you all around social media somewhere, somehow. And uh, please feel free to share this podcast with your friends too. All right, beautiful people, have a fabulous day and I will see you next time on the Big Hearted Podcast. Hi friends, thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you got a lot out of today's episode. When we work on our own, we can sometimes be in a silo. So having new perspectives and different ways of looking at things is vitally important for the growth of our individual selves and our professional selves as well. We love feedback. So if you felt compelled to share what you thought of today's podcast, we would love to read your thoughts. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcast. That helps our podcast to get out to the wider community. And the more that hear what we have to share, we think the better it is. Thanks so much, friend. We'll see you next time. Till then, big love.